0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcast.org. We are doing parshas va'yakil today. We're going to be concentrating on parshas va'yakil today. Perak lamid Hei pasech chav zayin. The pasuk says sim heviu asavni hashom v'savni milun la'ifah v'lechoshen. The sim Brought, these were the chiefs, the chieftains in charge of all the tribes, brought the Avnei Ashoam, the onyx stones, and the Avnei Amiluam, the special stones, the La'efa v'lachoshen, that was used for the Ephod and the Khosh, Vesabosem v'sashemelam or Asam, as well as the Vesamim, and the oil used for lighting, and the oil for the Shemina Mishka, for the special anointing oil, as well as the K'tores Asamim. That's what they ended up bringing. So we have a bunch of issues over here. We're going to start off with a bunch of questions. The Nisim are blamed for being lazy, and we'll go through all this, but they're blamed for being lazy and only donating after everybody else had donated their stuff. So number one, what were they thinking? What was wrong with their thought process? In other words, what did they do that was so wrong that the Pusik says that they were lazy, they did something wrong? Number two, in the end, the Gemara says, or we get this from from Chazal, clouds came and brought all the gems to them. So it turns out that the Nesim didn't donate a single penny they just took what they found from the clouds and then gave it over. Did the Nisim really not give a penny to the Mishkan? Is that really what happened where they didn't give anything at all? Number three, why in the world did such a miracle happen for these people who were lazy? They were lazy and they didn't bring anything, so the clouds brought them something? That seems so strange. Why in the world would that be? Number four, they ended up donating such unbelievable gems and the Bissamim and the Shemin. What would B'nai Yisrael have done if they didn't do this? What if they didn't get anything? What if nothing would have come through the clouds? How in the world were B'nai and they used to all going to get these gems? Was this just sort of like, oh wow, we got lucky here that the Niseum got it? What exactly is going on here? Number five, our last question is isn't it strange that even though they gave last, and they're lazy, and they were the, the people that are blamed the most over here, yet they gave the most expensive gifts by far? It could be, it's possible, that these gifts of the Niseum is worth more than every other donation that Bnei Yisrael did together. You take all the gold and the silver and the copper and all the different skins and everything like that, and the gems that they brought are more expensive than all of them. It could be even one gem, one diamond that size could be more expensive than all those other gifts combined. It's just strange. What's going on here? So Rashi brings with Nasan, and we know this, everybody knows this, why the Nassim donated the Hanukkah, a bias beer for everybody else when the, when the, the Mishka was first brought up. They were the first donations, yet here they don't donated last when everyone was already bought. And he said, we all know this, Medrash, that the Nassim got up and said, we're gonna let B'nai Yisrael donate first and whatever is needed at the end, we'll fill it in. Anything that you need at the very end, we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll add on to everything over there. They didn't expect the donations to come pouring in as they did. Although, after seeing what happened with the Egil Azov, I don't know why they thought that the donations wouldn't come pouring in. But they did. They came pouring in the way it was supposed to be. They had nothing left to do. The Malachal was daiyam. It was finished with all the donations that the people had sent. The seemed literally had nothing to be able to bring. So, therefore, they brought gifts that B'nai's had no access to. There was no way for bnei to bring them. They brought something that, not for the Mishkan, but for the Big Day Kahuna Gidola. They brought stuff for the K- Big Day Kahuna, which obviously were the gems, the gemstones, for the Avne Choshen, that was right here, and the Avne Efo, the two stones of onyx that went over here. That's that. The next time they learned their lesson, they made sure to bring first. That's what they did. Now, what did they have? What was their intention? Their intentions were good. They just didn't imagine that anybody would donate so quickly. But it's amazing. Khovitsky points out this punishment of the Nisim has lasted for three thousand years. This is not a small punishment. This is a three thousand year punishment. Every single time someone reads the parsha, they come up to this parsha, they look at the word Nisiim, they see that there are yuds that are missing. And they look at them and they say, what's going on of here? Why are the yuds missing? And they see, oh, because the Nisim were lazy and they brought it last. That's a crazy punishment. For 3,000 years, they have to have this punishment because one time they decided that they wanted to do it last. That's it. Says the Yakov. Yaakov, they have to consider something like that. Nisim, they're leaders. You have to consider something like this. There should have been something where they should have donated something small in the beginning and then do something like then. This is Halakha. If a person is wealthy and says, you know what, I'll donate. I'll make sure that whatever you need at the end, I'll take care of. First, give a donation, and then add something at the end. Meaning, give, say, here, I'm going to give you your 100 bucks right off the bat. And in the end, I'm going to give you something as well. That's what you should do. That's what we learned from the Nasim says in Achillesi, that it makes sense to be able to do it. So why did they do it? Rav said they felt slighted. There was gaiva on the part of the Nisim, and again, we're talking about extremely holy, great people, but there was gaiv on their part, and they felt that they should have been asked to donate separately. They should have gone up, Moshe Rabbeinu should have gone up to the Nisim first and say to them, Nisim, what, what do you wanna give? And then go to B'nai Yisrael. When Moshe Rabbeinu went to all of them together, right, all of them together and said, everybody should donate together, the Nisim felt slighted. Well, we're just like everybody else. They wanted to be special, says Rav Hirsch. They wanted to be different, and that was wrong. They should have led the way enthusiastically. A leader has to show everyone, everyone else, how to donate. And therefore, they lost their yud, as if to say, they're not fit to be leaders of the people. They're Nisim, but they're not fit to be this way because of the way that they did not lead the people correctly. Now, it's interesting. The Medrash Rabbah actually brings down that Moshe Rabbeinu did go to them. And said, You must bring it together with the rest of the people. Not even suggesting to bring it separately, but going up to them and saying, You must bring it first. When they said, they went up to Moshe and they answered and they said, Listen, we want to bring something special first and then let B'nai Yisrael go. We don't want to bring it together. We'd like to do it separately. Moshe who said, No, refused it. And that's when they said, according to this Medrash Rabba, okay, we'll bring everything at the end. They wanted to bring something first, but only if they got their proper due. And if they didn't do that, then they didn't want to do it in the first place. Said Moshe, I've them, forget it. I'm not going to let you have it. Okay, that's looking down at the Nesim and knocking them down a little bit. It says the Ayelas Ashachar, first time I've used the Sefer, Sayelas so Ashachar points out they clearly did tshuva. Because look what they did. Again, how does the Rambam say you can do Chuva shlema? What is Chuva Shlema, according to the Rambam? Anybody remember? Same place, same thing, same time, doing it. What was their problem? They were supposed to donate, and they donated last. So this time, by the Chanukah they made sure to donate first. That so was Tshuva Shlema, and they did everything. But, says the Yalash Shachar, once you do something like this, you can't bring it back. When Dov did what he did with Uriah Achiti, he did shuva. There was no question he did shuva. He worked on himself and he m- made himself better and he made sure that this would never happen ever again. But when Dovid and Melech fought in war, instead of killing a thousand people, he was only kill- able to kill 800. And that's amazing, right? But 800 versus a thousand, the Pusik says that he should have killed a thousand and he only got 800. Why? Because he messed up. What was the mess up of Dovid and Melech? He looked at what he was supposed to do. He looked at what he was supposed to do and he did shuva and he did it. But that doesn't make you gain what you once lost. I'm going to give an example. If you don't put on tefillin one day, there's no way to make that up. Can you do tshuva over the avera that you did? You could do tshuva. But there's no way to make up what you lost by not putting on tefillin. If you lost that day of tefillin, you didn't put on tefillin that day, that day's gone forever. You could do tshuva, you can work on yourself, you can say, I'm going to be better, I'm not going to do it ever again. And that works. The tshuva works to be able to take away the Avera. But you lost the opportunity to do a mitzvah and bring yourself higher. So here, you were here to begin with. Not putting on tefillin brought you down here. Had you put on the tshuva, you would have been here. If you do tshuva, it brings you to here, not here. You lost that opportunity, it's gone. There's no way to get it back. There's no way to get it back. Even those who do tshuva me ahava, when you do tshuva out of love, that it turns an aveira into a mitzvah, right? You still don't jump from here to here. You jump from here to right above here. It's not the same mitzvah that you would have gotten had you done it in that time. You lose it and it's gone forever. And that's the lesson, says the El Shachar, says are Steinman, from this from this parsha of what's going on. Everywhere. It says Ramosha. There's an amazing lesson here, an amazing lesson, and it's really brought by the Chiddush Rim and the Sfas Temes as well. They all say it. They brought the most expensive stones, as we said, millions and millions of dollars. anybody remember the Gemara and with Duma Benesina? Duma Benesina and all the stuff that's going on where they had the Paraduma, etc. He had the stones of the Choshen. The stones of the Choshen were ready to be brought. There were stones of the Choshen that were supposed to be brought over there. And what ended up happening? In that case, huge, huge issues occurred. What happened?
1: He didn't want to
0: wake his father, right? Yeah, he didn't want to wake up his father, so he lost out on the money, and then he had a paraduma born in his flock. I mean, unbelievable things, absolutely unbelievable things. But this is the concept. The concept is, says Ramosha, right? And we learn it from over here, these expensive stones were an awesome, awesome gift. But a Baruch doesn't want your gift. He wants zrezas. He wants you to work hard and push yourself. The biggest gift that you could get him. Is exactly that. It's to be Mizaris. It's to do Zrezas and do it as quickly as you possibly can. If you're willing to do it, great. And if not, not. Says the Kaddish Arim. That's what Judaism is based on. You're not Jewish if you don't act with Zrezas, if you don't act with that alacrity, if you don't run to go do it in the proper way. You're missing the whole point. The Sfas speaks about it as well in Tough Rishman He says it leads to Hasidus, if anybody's done Mesiel's Hisharon. This is the way to be able to go. You need that Zrezas. It's not about going about. I've told people this before, but I think it's 100% true. I like the winter better than the summer in just one aspect. I hate the cold. Anybody who knows me knows I hate the cold. Absolutely despise the cold, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. You know what's good about it? Everyone's always running. You're always running from one place to the other. There is no one just walking through, like, picking up a flower and, like, throwing the petals around or, like, sitting around and kicking up the grass. No one's doing that. Because when you're going from one place to the other and you're a yeshiva guy and you forget to wear a coat because you're a fool, so you're sitting, you're not going to walk. You're going to run. You're going to go from one place to the other and you're going to go quicker than you've ever had before. Because you're not okay with sitting out there. In the summer, that's when everybody's a little bit lazy. You put on their sunglasses. You act like you're all cool. You're, like, sitting in the sun and you're just like, I don't want to be here forever. Right? That's not the way that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be Mizaris ourselves in every way possible to be able to try to be wi- work and do everything with alacrity that is the concept of what Jesus stands for, the Ramosha, the rim, and the Tzvah all say the exact same thing that lesson is learned from right over here so wait a second, where did they if they didn't get it from the clouds, if the Nisim got these gems from Mitzrayim and that's what they donated, why did they get gems while the other people in Kala didn't have gems, how did the Niseum get them and not all of an a- Yisrael. they were all slaves right Every single one of them was a slave. It's not like they had inheritances that were going from person to person, that they took these jewels from their mother's jewels from all the way back when, right? That's not what happened. So, how did they get this donation? How were they able to get these stones and the other people didn't? So, there's, yeah? So, meaning. The Nesim were the ones who went to the right people. And the other Jews didn't go to the right people. That's what you're saying, right? One one Nasi went to the one that had a ruby. One Nasi went to the one that had an emerald. Another one went to the one that had a crystal. And everybody just took, it happened to be that they ended up getting. That's not a bad answer. It's taken even further by the Ibn Ezra and the Chizkuni. When they were in Mitzrayim, everybody went to their own caste. Caste is C-A-S-T-E right? You probably read it before. Well, I don't know. It depends on if you read. But you probably <laughs> read it as the word cased. It's not. It's cast. So they went to their own level. The Nisim went to the more choshev Egyptians. And the others went to the lower level Egyptians. Really? So meaning the Niseum went to the people that had rubies and emeralds and diamonds, etc. While the other people went to people that were less than that. They got gold. They got silver. But they couldn't get these stones. Only the Niseum were the ones that went to the most important people to get these You're stones. Yeah. I think that the way to answer that question where they already designated Nisim is that they weren't designated as Nisim yet, but they were the most important people, the leaders of that time. So eventually they became the Nisim, even though they weren't named Nisim yet. I think that's the idea of looking at it, but that's that. Now, the Rabbeinu Bachaya says he, he ignores the Medrash, sort of, and says that the reason why they brought these stones was to be machaper on their gaiva. Because where did Aaron carry these stones? He carried it on his chest. The idea is it was an atonement for their haughty hearts, for their gaivas libo that they had on their hearts. So they specifically brought it. So the rest of Bene Yisrael did not bring it. They didn't need to be over on their gaiva, but the Nisim needed to be over on their gaiva. That was the idea. Now, yeah.
1: What about the, the, the Samim and all the other stuff? The
0: Haven't answer? spoken about that yet. We'll, well get to why, it. What about the stones on the, for the, the Haven't gotten to it yet. Rashi tells us that because they didn't donate at the proper time, there's no yud in their name. Nun, Sin, Aleph, Mem is how they're spelled. It should be, obviously, Nun, Sin, Yud, Aleph, Yud, Mem. Seems to be one or possibly two Yuds missing from their name. Why a Yud? Why is the Yud missing from their name? We're going to give a couple answers to this. Kliakr says, HaKadosh Baruch cannot handle people with gaivan and haughtiness. So when the Naseem said they're not bringing, they don't want to whatever, and they consider themselves more special than everybody else, HaKadosh Baruch purposely took his name out of the Nesim. Anybody remember the Gemara and Sota? What happens? Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to a Baal Gaiva, me and you cannot live in the same world together. We can't be in the same place. So when they had Gaiva, HaKadosh Barhu took himself out. He took his letter out. Then to see him, Nun, Sin, Aleph, and Mem, none of those are Yud Kei Vav ke letters, but the Yud is. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu took his Yud out and said, I can't be there. I'm not going to be around you. That's what he said over here. That was the concept. I don't want to live with a Baal Gaiva. The Ksav Sofer says they wanted to stick out. They wanted their donations to stick out. They wanted to have their names plastered on the wall saying, this koshen has been donated to you by the nisim themselves. And I'm sure that that's going to be in this future mikdash, There's going to be that little, little sign on the bottom that says, donated by in honor of L'zecher, et etc. It's going to say something like that. And the Ksav silver says, that's why they lost the Yod in their names. So to speak, they lost what they should have had because they thought that this is the right thing. No, they lost what they end up getting. Sezmi Loez." That's why these stones were mentioned last in the list of the donations. Zov It goes on. And the last of the donations were Avne Shoah and Avni Miluim. Why? The gemstones were the most expensive. By far the most expensive. Think about a, a diamond that size. Oh, you just a couple carats. We're talking about a 10 carat diamond is a tremendous, tremendous amount of money. That should have be been in the very first thing. You're talking about a ruby that's 10, that's 10 carats. All these things would have been a huge, huge thing. Why in the world, did I mentioned last, and the answer is, once again, says to me, I'm because it shows haughtiness. Anybody who brought it would think that's my stone over there. And that's a problem. We don't want people thinking that way. And because of that, they're put last as if they're the least chashev. The most chashev is the gold that you're never going to see in the Arun Kodesh. So it's as if to say they're put last to make it as if it's the least chashev, even though it's by far the most expensive in this. Now, the Kliyakar said, we already said that this these all the money that was donated to the Mishkan is a kapara for the luchos, right? They're all kapara for the luchos. What were written on the luchos? Uh, It's a hard one. Aseret Zedibros. Aseret Zedibros, right? And that's it. When they did the sin of the Egil, they caused all the letters of the luchos to go up to Shemayim. As a timeout over here, does that make any sense? If letters are written on a piece of paper like this, then the fact that the letters go up to Shemayim when they're really in ink, I get it. You know, the letters like fly up and they go somewhere, I get it. That letters can go up. The letters of the luchos were engraved in the luchos. They were holes. How in the world do holes go up to Shemayim? I just want you to think about that for a second. That's a maimer Chazal. It takes a little bit of work. Everybody knows it. You learned it when you were in third grade, right? You sat there in third grade and everybody told you that when they went down and they saw the Gilazal, all the letters flew up to Shemayim. And that's when Moshe Rabbeinu threw down the Luchos, right? And destroyed the Luchos and turned them into little bits and pieces. Most of us learned that in third grade, right? How is that possible? How did that happen in the first place? So it's a thought question. I'm not going to answer it for you because I want you to think. So it's a thought question to be able to go through. But that's what happened, right, by the Luchos themselves, they got a kapara by giving over this money and bringing it right over there to these ideas. Now, what was the kapara? Not the avne miluim, The avne Shoham. The Bnei Yisrael needed a kapara for the letters that flew up to Shemayim. They brought gold and silver and everything that they would have donated to the azov. they now brought to the Mishkan. The Nisim lost out on that opportunity. They couldn't bring gold and silver and everything like that, so instead they brought avne Shoham. The Avnei Shoham, the onyx stones, were two stones, square, or I would say even rectangular-type stones that were on top of the ephod the that connected the ephod to the Choshen. Those were what the Avne, Avne Shoham were, the Avnei ephod. Those avanim represented the two tablets that were broken. That's what they were able to bring, and a kapara that they were able to go over there. The Bear Yosef says, they brought not only the Avnei Shoham and the Avnei Milun, but they brought oil and spices as well as the, 10 shekel of sil- the half a shekel of silver. Now, I want you to think about this. How many donations did they bring in Parsha's Truman? Does anybody remember? Um, How many donations were there? We got Zav, and V'Nechoshe, Zuzchel, Sargaman, Talashani, <laughs> V'sheish, v'izim. Right? Oros, Eilem, Oros, Tachashim, shitim. Okay, I'm going to tell you. It's 15 altogether. Okay? Now, what did they bring? They brought oil. Right? They brought Avnei Shoham. They brought Avnei Miluim. And they brought B'samim. That's four down, right? And every single one in the team brought a half shekel. Got it? Why did they bring a half shekel? Because all of the colleagues to bring a chatzi shekel. The max shekel had to be given by everybody. Got it? So they got five donations down. How many donations did they not bring? 9 We're messing up in this math here, and it shouldn't be that hard. We're going to go through this again. There are 15 donations. Guys, Isaac, help me with this, okay? 15 <laughs> donations. You're an accountant? You can do this. I know you can do this. You didn't get a CPA, but nonetheless, I'm counting you as an accountant. 15 altogether. They gave Avni Shoham, Avni Miluim, okay, we got those two, Shemen, Bisumim, and Achati Shekel of Kesef. So they brought five of the 15 donations that were possible. That means, I'm guessing, hold on. Fifteen minus five. You don't even have to carry the one here. There is no carrying of the one or little net zero. Not nothing. Nine Fifteen minus five is all together what? Nine and a half. We got nine not and nine and a half. Ten. Round up to ten. There were ten donations that were not brought. Ten donations. That's why they lost the yud. Says the Baraioses. Because the ten donations, they couldn't bring the gold, the copper, the blue, the purple, and the scarlet wool, the linen, the goat hair, the reddened ram skins, the takash skins, and the acacia wood. All those ten things they couldn't bring. So the yud was taken off for that reason. It's as if they couldn't bring the yud. Yes, Ben? Go
1: back to the last one. Although everyone involved in the Iglesias, they were killed, yeah? 100%. So, what are these people in Makhara for? What the, what, the all the people who had not then?
0: been killed, even though they didn't stop them from doing what they were doing. They, the Because
1: they, they,
0: they Right. The 100%. Point. Remember, they were all supposed to be killed. Qadosh Baruch Hu wanted to kill all of them, not just 600 of the 3,000 of them. So, the Nitziv says that they may not have been made Nassim yet. It could be they weren't made Nassim yet, and that's why the Yud's are missing. Not because they did anything wrong, which they did. But not because of that. The reason why they lost the Yuds is because they weren't yet Nisim. They were almost Nisim. They were becoming Nisim, but they weren't yet Chashuv, and that made them a little bit different. So they took out the Yud until after the Mishkan. That's when they ended up going in. That's the idea of the of Gizavir. But now we're going to go into the other part of the parasha. This is all the Nisim gave the, the, the stones and they brought it out of their own pocket and they took out their wallet and they gave something over and they're like, oh, I happen to have a 10 karat ruby and they put it down and everything was all good. Says Targum Unkelus, the word "Niseum is Rav Ravaya. Rav Ravaya means great men. People that are great. Targum Yonison ben Uzziel says "Niseum are Anonei Shmaya. Anonei Shmaya. In Mishle, Perak the word "Niseum refers to clouds. That The Anonim brought these stones. That the gemstones were all brought from them. What happened? According to Targum Yonison, the gemstones came from the Nile River. And the oil and the spices came from Gan Eden. And that all these things were brought over to the Nesim. And the Niseum picked them up and brought them over to the Mishkan, over to Moshe for them to be able to use. Either they found them in the desert or they found them in the Mun. Somehow they got all these things and he gave it over. They gave it over to be for the Mishkan itself. There's a Gemara in Yuma. It's an Ayan Heim That these stones came down with the Mun. The Mun that the Niseum picked up. They picked up their Mun. And in the Mun, while they were eating it, there was a massive gemstone. One guy got a ruby that would be shaved at Reuven. One guy got an emerald that was shaved Shimon. One guy got a crystal or a diamond that was shaved at Levi. And everybody got something in their mun. They picked up the mun. And all of a sudden inside it was something that they could have had. Now, it doesn't say about the others. I would assume that means that there were also flasks of oil in one of them. That each one of them ended up finding some type of besummon that they needed in order to make the katoras, But everybody got something that was supposed to be over there. Now, I would have looked at that, and I would have said, well, why did it have to be then? I mean, granted, we have the clouds bringing it, and we have the mun being brought, but couldn't it be that it was by Kriyas Yamsuf? Anybody remember that medrash that says that the Malachim gave them gems at Kriyas Yamsuf, and that they picked up those gems at Kriyas Yamsuf? Wouldn't it make sense that they picked up these as well? I thought that that was the most obvious thing. They didn't pick it up in the middle of the desert. It didn't come in the middle of the desert one morning. No, it came after they had crossed the Yamsuf. They were going back, and the Malachim kept pouring things in, and some of the things that the Malachim brought them were these gemstones that came out from over here. It seems to me that that would be the Pashup shot. I know Targum Yonasan doesn't say it, but then I found it in the Chemdes Hayomi Mani. So if you're Yemenite, I love you because that's the shot that I came up with, and somehow was there before. And that's you, it, right? You're like, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I, I, it's a different type of love, but it's there. It's hundred percent there. The Rabbeinu Bechayah, the Rabbeinu Bechaya, brings a medrash that the Ananay Hakavod brought these stones to the tent of Moshe Rabbeinu, not to the Nesiim. And Moshe Rabbeinu felt bad for the Naseem, so he gave them to the Naseem, He gave them over to him and said, "Here's what you're going to do over here." That's what ended up happening. My Yenishel Torah is a shot Why that has to happen that way? But it's an idea that it got brought. That way and not anywhere else. It's funny. Torah Tumimah to says, Why would you say this? You're going to say it's clouds instead of the Nisim themselves? It says the word Nisim. That the Nisim brought these stones. Why would you think this is referring to anything else? Why would you think it's anything else other than the regular, the regular Nisim? He says, Because everywhere else in the Torah, Whenever it says the word Nisim, It says Nisie Ha'eda. It refers to the Nisie Yisrael. And the Nisie Amatos. This is the only place in the entire Torah where it says the word Nisim and nothing else. And if it's just Nisim, says the Torah Tamimah, to it's likely this is clouds, not referring to actual Nisim. That's the idea that the Torah Tamimah to comes out with and says it over here. We have lessons. Kliakar says, if you promise to give tzedakah and you don't give, that means you'll cause the rain to stop flowing. When a person gives tzedakah, maybe you've seen these guys, I did. let's not... It's not blast them, because I'm sure we'll do it at some point in our lives and we're gonna mess up, we're gonna forget about it. But the guy who gets the Berach, right? And everybody's looking at him and he's a Mishaberchov Sarah Dov whatever. Maybe they probably won't do so. whatever. Who you you know, they say your name, and they say, Bavor Sheh, and they're looking at you. And you're like everybody's looking at you and you're like, seven billion dollars. I'll give seven billion dollars to the show, Like seven billion dollars, right? And you end up giving that. There are people who like, like donating, and then they just forget. They forget about it. I know there are certain shoals that send out reminders, friendly reminders, little envelopes in the mail, right, that say, do you remember you got an aliyah and you promised us $7 billion? You should give this $7 billion. It's time to be able to give the $7 billion. You just got to remember, when you promise to give tzedakah, and you don't give it, that stops the rain. Here, the idea was, the concept was, says the Kali Everyone gave their donations on time. The Michigan was built with pure donations. That caused the clouds to bring the rain immediately, which caused the gemstones to come with the clouds. They gave it in such a great fashion. Not just rain fell, but even gemstones fell. That's when they received everything that they got out of Egypt. It's, so to speak, since they brought the donations properly, therefore more than just rain came, Shepha came down together with it, which refers to the gemstones. What's up?
1: So if this is coming down because they brought what they yeah. give on time, why is it the Nisim that are
0: benefiting I, I hear you. The Nisim didn't benefit because they didn't get to give anything so but what they got from the clouds.
1: From the so is
0: in the Skhus of the Shvatim. And yeah, the Mun's pretty awesome. The modern no, no, of the itself is of pretty money. awesome. That's the idea. That's the concept, says the Kliocer, and why they ended up getting over here. Now, I want you to think. This is another thought question that Chassam Silver brings in, and it's absolutely, it, it's obvious. What would they have done had the Nisim not brought those gems? And plus, you know, it already said, why did they stop collecting? What happened? Everyone that made them gave. stop collecting? They gave everything that was supposed to be brought, right? But if they gave everything that was supposed to be brought, then they didn't need the stones. The Nisim didn't need to bring anything. It says everybody stopped, and therefore, by they've stopped bringing. And Moshe didn't even have to tell them, stop, guys. You're bringing too much. I don't want to take anything more from you. So they stopped. But if they didn't bring the gemstones yet, then you needed more. So I don't understand why did they stop bringing. They should have said, we have enough. Don't worry about it. Do you know what me. shot is? Pshat is they brought tons of money along with all the other stuff that they had. Not only did they bring gold and silver and copper and all this stuff, they brought extra stuff would have been coins. And they brought their coins to the basement. If you look at the numbers that are donated in Parsha Pekude, at the beginning of Parsha Pekude, the numbers are not huge. They're not huge. They're not huge. Maybe, maybe it's after they already refined the silver and the gold, but I think it's more obvious. Many people just donated coins. Whatever coinage, whatever money system they had back then, that's what they brought. And that money added up that they were planning on buying the Avne Shalom. And the Avni that if the Niseum never would have brought, they would have sent a messenger over to Edom and buy emeralds and crystals and diamonds and whatever they needed. That's what they would have done. Isn't that obvious? That's what they would have done. <laughs> They had to go to 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 Dama Benesina in order to get the extra coins, the the extra stones, 100%. So that's what they would have donated. So they didn't need the Niseum. In the end, all that money was donated to the coffers, meaning it went into a treasury that would be used in the future for the Mishkan. And the Niseum gave the stones that they had, and the stones were brought in and of itself. That's a shot of what would have been without the Niseum. So it turns out the Niseum's donation was actually not necessary whatsoever. But as we said before, does that mean the Niseum gave nothing? Did they give absolutely nothing of their own money? Sezek Sam Sofer, they did give something. And it was important, actually. It was a big mysterious nefesh. See, we think of everything like you're eating, have a little bit of food, and it fills you up. The mun never really filled you up. I know everybody knows the medrash, right? That it tasted like whatever you wanted it to taste like. That, that's an interesting line, a very interesting line. So they had something, right? You were allowed to taste it, whatever it was, yes, 100%. But they were able to taste anything they wanted out of the mun itself. The Mun tastes like something, and that was that. You know what's crazy? If these gemstones are in the Mun, that means you lost part of your meal. You didn't get to eat your meal that day. You remember, you had no other food other than the Mun that came to you, right, in the morning, and that was your food. You didn't have anything else. And not only that, you weren't even full. You lost. The Niseum had to fast that day. They ate a little bit, they had some little bit of Mun. But they never got the full amount of man because the gemstones were in it. What did they lose? They lost. They had mysterious nefesh that they starved themselves that day in order to bring the gemstones and not take another bit of man. That's an interesting call. It's even halakhically, you were only allowed to take one omer of the man, right? If your man was missing, were you allowed to get another piece? Were you allowed to take something else? You weren't allowed to take more than one. But what if you didn't have the right amount? Then what? What do you do then? It seems from over here, from this Sam Sofra, it's in Gittin' Hay, that they could not bring anything more than that. They had to take whatever they got, and that's that. How much
1: did you need to be full? Like, did you just the one over?
0: There was no such thing as being full in the mid I know this sounds anathema to all of our natures, that we sit there and we're like, what do you mean? You have a meal, you should be full afterward. They the Nazis all complained about the Mun, because they were always hungry. Yeah. So they, it worked. they bench? I doubt they benched. There was definitely, a, whether there was a bracha beforehand of hamotzi lechem minashamayim or something else, that's already in the Zohar and the B'nai susker going into no, that. No, that's no, a different yeah. issue altogether. There's no way to bench. There's, there's nothing they, to do. To no, there's no time. satiation. There's yeah. no sviya. They did not eat kidei sviya. That was their complaint. They were complaining. When you sit there, you're like, why? It tastes like everything. You're right. It tastes like everything. And it felt like yeah. you never ate a thing. There was nothing in their yeah, stomach. Was, they were always hungry. When
1: was Moshe Motur- Ben misak in the first uh, beginning of bench? Because
0: that's on? Yeah. Probably after the meal with Yistro. That would make sense. When they brought bread from the other nations. That would probably be the time that he made it. Right? But you're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, what's up? What do they, why are they faulted
1: then for complaining? That seems
0: like a reasonable complaint. It, every single complaint that Bene Israel does in the Midbar is a reasonable complaint. The question is how? How do we get to the reasonable complaint? But every single one, listen, they're lost for three days in the desert and they don't have any water. That is a reasonable complaint. That is a normal thing to ask. And instead, I Baruch was like, you're so bitter, how could you not? It's a reason every single one. But, these people are expected to be on a higher level. Just like I have certain expectations of yeshiva guys that are in yeshiva, they should actually get up for Shacharis. That's an expectation. Even though it's impossible, and even though you don't really, you shouldn't really expect it. Nonetheless, it's expected. It's the exact same thing over here. They had some, really? a little bit different. But it's certain <laughs> expectation that they had that's going to be greater. What do you mean? Why? Well, I'm saying that 100%, you're asking. You're taking away water. You're taking away food. I 100% agree with you. That's why it's legitimate. And that's why they said it was legitimate. So, so asking
1: the right way or that they asked
0: it all? There's that they asked it all. It's an issue of bitachum, which is a bigger share than we're ready to give right now. But that's not a shir and talking that we're ready for. It would be like us. And again, we're not ready for this. And anybody who does this, only the greatest sedikim and the greatest fools will do this. It's like us who are sitting there and like, you know what? I'm not going to work. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make sure I am provided with everything I need. Now, sitting there, you're like, that's going to be crazy. And the person that does that is a pure idiot. That person does not belong in this world. It does not belong here. But that's the person of that bitachon. A person in the mid where they're getting mun and the air be- show and in the clouds, that was different. We said a couple weeks ago, and it's true. A couple weeks ago we said they didn't, they didn't notice that they were thirsty until they came to a spot that had bitter water. All of a sudden they started drinking the bitter water and they're like, oh man, this is bitter water. Oh man, now I'm thirsty. That's where it came from. They didn't have the feeling of thirst until they realized they hadn't drunk in three days that's a crazy line but it's a famous Rav Moshe there's Rav Yaakov that speaks about what's up Ali like, I was just wondering this,
1: this whole this whole generation was they were lofty what the mm-hmm. Shabbat
0: saw by, uh, by the, Yaakov, the Yam is greater than anybody anybody else saw More than it has to the tests they had were so mundane huh. about like food like sustenance like things like that the tests were mundane but they were, about, they were about how to get over your physicality, your gashmias, and get into your ruchmias. Tap into your ruchmias. Every single one. Every single one was in the sign for them to become a malach. And do remember, as a side note, these people were brought to that level. 49th level of Tuma, all of a sudden got to the 49th level of Kedusha. It's difficult to maintain that jump. You know these guys, the guys that are, I don't want to call them. I call them BAs, the born Not. They're born against like all of a sudden they just jump they're jumping and all of a sudden they're like they are they're the ones who are sitting there by Nagel taking a full cup of water washing the entire hand then washing the entire hand I have nothing wrong with it but that's a jump. First, learn all halachos. First, go through a bunch of things. Then, go to the Midas chasidus that you have by certain things. you got to be careful with how you do certain things like that. That's what the Yisrael were on. 49th level, jumping, jumping, jumping. It's difficult to maintain that level. And we see this because they were maintained only a little bit. The Egel Azel brought them down. They brought themselves back up. All these different things brought them down, and they had to bring themselves back up again. It's difficult to be able to do that. Now, we're going to get into another question altogether. The oil was brought from where? Where do we just say from the Ananiyakov? Where did the would get the oil from? They got it from? Gan right? Tommy DeCraw asks, says, In Menachos, Samach we say that oil used for lighting the menorah had to be pure olive oil. So how were you able to use oil that came from a cloud? How is that allowed? You can't do it. Now, the Gemara says, in Menachos, Samach the Gemara says, if wheat comes down from the clouds, the Gemara says, it could be used for Menachos. You can use it to make the menachos, the flower offerings. You're allowed to use it for that, right? That's if wheat comes down from the clouds. That's straight out in that gemara itself. And the gemara says, why not? Why couldn't you use it? But here, you have a little bit of akasha. You have a straight out pusik that says that oil needs to be from olives. The menachos, it doesn't have such a pusik Maybe it says, but it doesn't have such a pusik that talks about that it's got to be from wheat specifically that is grown in this certain way. No, if it's wheat, then it works from anachos. But by oil, you say that it has to be from olives. So there's a problem here, says Rokhain Knievsky. These aren't from olives. They're from clouds. Now, the clouds brought them from Gan Eden, but they're still clouds. So it's got to be, says Rokhain Knievsky, that olive oil is olive oil. That if Gan Eden is here on earth, and we're not talking about a spiritual Gan Eden, which is not physical, but it's here on earth, an olive tree in Gan Eden, is equal to an olive tree anywhere else on earth. And therefore, taking olive oil from a tree in Gan Eden will be good enough to be able to use for the menorah, right? Unlike... Something which is pure miraculous olive oil, which is something completely different. Is it
1: impossible to understand that concept? You're saying taking olive oil from Gan Eden? How do you even do that? How do you do it? The clouds
0: <laughs> grabbed, I guess, I don't know, the clouds <laughs> squeezed oil from the olives in Gan Eden, took it into the clouds, and then rained it down on the people somehow. I, I, I have no other way of answering that. You're right. It's purely miraculous. But that's part of the problem. If it's purely miraculous, miraculous oil cannot be used for the minota. So what are you supposed to do? What's up? So right there, meaning it brought olives, and the olives are the ones. So the thing is, Targum Yonasan says the oil came from the clouds, not the olives. So that's how I know that. But you've ca- you got to catch me on this one, okay? There is a, a problem with what I'm saying right now. Miraculous oil cannot be used for the menorah itself. That's straight up in the Gemara, and that's there. Okay, that's the idea. The clay Hamda says it was Shah, It was just for that time. It was never going to be used somewhere else. But there's a big problem with what I'm saying right now. Does anybody catch the problem? Chanaka. oil. Ah, so here's yeah, the issue. Oil, now here's the problem. We all know the famous Beis Yosef's Kasha. What's the Beis Yosef's Kasha? Mm-hmm. Beis Yosef asked in the beginning of Hosh why do we celebrate? Eight nights of Hanukkah. Why? We should only have seven because the first night was not a miracle. The first night was normal and then the, eight, the, the next seven nights were miraculous, etc. He, he gives three answers. There's a bunch of other answers given The Taz gives an answer. We all know. There's a hundred answers. Ne'er Lamea is a safer written with all the answers over here. Rav Chaim answers the question. You know what Rav Chaim says? Rav Chaim says, he gives the answer, he says, it's got to be that the oil in the menorah only went down one-eighth Every yeah. single day. Yeah. It should have been that the whole cup was completely gone every single day. But every day, only one-eighth of the oil was gone. So therefore, by the second day, one-fourth was gone. Third day, three-eighths was gone. Fourth day, etc. All get it, right? Each day, one-eighth of the oil was gone. There are answers that say that the oil was completely gone and it filled itself up afterward. It says, Rechaim, it can't be. You can't have miracle oil for the menorah. You can't have an answer that the oil was miraculously replenished, that the oil re- miraculously came back. It can't be. That's miracle oil. And the only oil that's kosher for the menorah is olive oil. You can't have miracle oil. So how in the world did this work? How are you able to be able to have this type, this type of oil? How is it able to be that way? It can't be. He says, it's got to be. You lose an eighth of an oil, eighth of the oil, eighth of the oil, all the way through, right? And that's the way that it happened over here. But that leads us to a major kash over here. Says, according to that Rabchaim, the miracle oil can't be used. How in the world were they able to use this oil from Gan Eden? You're saying that it came from Gan Eden? Why is that not considered miracle oil? That it came through a miracle, and you're bringing it on the menorah. Why is that allowed? Why should that be mutter I mean, for the menorah itself?
1: The original oil you brought was.
0: So the chilak is. There's a chilek here.
1: You're not bringing the miracle oil.
0: Chilek is, and Rabbi Pesach Frank says this, right? In Hartzvi. He says the chilek is, there's a difference between oil that comes from a miracle and oil that is brought miraculously. If, let's just say for an example, if I bring olive oil to the base of HaMikdash, and I have kfitsa saderech, kfitsa as means I take one step and I go from Haifa to Yerushalayim, and I bring the olive oil for the base of HaMikdash, right? If I bring that, so that would be considered olive oil brought through a miracle. What we're saying right now is that would be mutter. but you cannot use oil that came through a miracle. If the oil formed itself through a miracle, like one of the answers is the base Yosef, where the oil just filled itself up, replenished itself miraculously, that cannot be used. That is a miracle of of oil. That olive oil did, cannot be used whatsoever.
1: Even according, to, even according to that answer, you didn't bring that oil. I mean, that oil you brought the original oil, and that that oil came about on itself within the manor already. You didn't know one was bringing that oil. It was.
0: Uh, it was. I don't understand the question. But either way, regardless, that that. that answer that the Har Tzvi gives leads us to a really big question regarding Hanukkah. There were people during the times of Hanukkah that you assume would know how to do Kfitz Tzaderech. Am I right? You'd assume that they had it? So why couldn't they use Kfitz Tzaderech in order to bring it? I saw an answer once that you don't want to use a miracle to bring the olive oil for the menorah because you can't use miracle oil for the menorah. But I understand. According to this idea from the Har Tzvi and from Reb Chaim, as long as the oil comes on its, from an olive, it can be brought miraculously. So why couldn't they use Kfit Erech in order to get there? Yes, Ellie? The process, meaning setting the olive oil and whatever it is. It was also an issue of traveling. If there was any oil anywhere throughout the land that was Kadosh, which you'd assume there'd be someplace that had tahor olive oil, then they'd, all they'd have to do is bring it through a miracle. That should have been okay. It's not what happened over here. Okay, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to finish off everything over here, but I'm going to end with this Tiferous Yonison, which is an important Tiferous and to be able to know. The Pharisee says, he points out that every single gift that was donated by Klai Yisrael lasted only during the times of the Mishkan. How long did the Arun last for? The Arun Kodesh. Arun Kodesh lasted until Yoshio was Gonezid during the times of the first base of Mikdash. What about the menorah? Well, the menorah was lost after the first base of Mikdash. What about the Mizbech Ola? Gone when the first base of Mikdash was destroyed. Gone when the Mishkan was destroyed. That Mizbech Ola made for the Mishkan was gone as soon as they came to Eretz Yisrael gone Wait, they, when they when they destroyed the first base of Mikdash when they first came to Eretzterol right because of course they had to get rid of it in order to get a much much bigger Mizbeach Ola to bring all the Corbanos. that was had, just a temporary one it's obvious right so either way so all these things right had to be redone so nothing lasted nothing that was donated to the Mishkan lasted <laughs> except for one thing what was the one thing that lasted the one thing that was able to last through the entire thing the Nisim and their gifts the Avne Shoam and the Avne Miluim lasted. They made others because they had other Koanim Gedolim, just in case one of the Koanim Gedolim went down. But the Nisim's gifts lasted forever. So you see something over here. They may have donated last. They may have lost their Yuds. The Nisim may have brought done something completely wrong and been lazy and did something wrong when they ended up bringing this. But you know what happened? The Nisim's gifts were done purely Lashem Shemayim. And you see that From the fact that they lasted so long. When you do something L'shem Shemayim. Even if you do it the wrong way. And even if you do it last and lazily. It lasts. This is going to be something that's going to be unbelievable for everybody here. You do it L'shem Shemayim. It happens better than everybody else. That's the concept. Zrizus is great in doing a miracle. And doing a a mitzvah I should say. But L'shem Shemayim lasts longer than anything you do with zrizus. It's a crazy concept, but imagine that idea for how the Nassim's gift lasts longer than everybody else. We'll stop with that, guys. Have a great shot.